Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast. This is your host, Marianne Bailey. Join us as we talk to seniors about their lives, hobbies, great stories, and their hopes and dreams. Let's get started. Let's talk. One. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Marianne Bailey with the Hip Senior Podcast. And today I have a special guest with us. It is a senior citizen that I met on social media. We met on Facebook. And her name is Barbara. It's actually Dr. Barbara Ryla. And she is a psychologist. And I'm excited to talk to her today a little bit about what she does for a living and what she does uh, for recreation. Dr. Barbara, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and what you do. Well, for but, work, I am a psychologist and I work primarily with children, especially children who have experienced trauma. Um, I train medical students and um, psychiatry residents and child fellows in psychiatry through a medical school here in West Texas. I love my job. That sounds really, really interesting. I, uh, it anytime, is. Anytime you bring, uh, especially children, into the factor or that you're working with students and getting that opportunity to, to really make those minds become something of their own and what direction they're going in has to be a, a huge oomph to, to what you do, right? It is. And I think that's where my age comes into play because after almost 40 years in the field, it's really important that as I leave my profession, I leave it more knowledgeable and more skillful than I arrived. And my my final career goal is to make sure that I've passed on as much as I possibly can of what I have learned over these decades. So speaking of decades, let's tell everybody, how old are you? I am 67, 68 later this year. Nice. And uh, for those that are listening, Barbara and I are uh, on camera on zoom and she definitely does not look 67 so i am a little immature <laughs> aren't most of us <laughs> so barbara what do you have a, any like i'm sure you have some uh, some moments where you kind of maybe doubted what you were doing and you were just like, Oh my gosh, I just can't get through to this student or this person. And I'm sure that you have some victories in there as well. Do, do, do most psychologists have those aha moments and those, Oh my gosh, I just can't do it type of moments as well. Just like the rest of the world has those. I, I suspect that we're just like other mortals <laughs> and that we do have opportunities where we really made a huge difference and other times that we are ready to tear our hair out because we can't manage to get across uh, what we need to teach. Um, of course, I'm kind of a positive and optimistic person, so I focus more on the successes and the pleasures, whether they're tiny little pleasures or huge successes. 
Can you tell us a little bit about one of your biggest ahas, one of your biggest successes? One of my biggest successes, um, this is a psychotherapeutic moment, so I'll keep it sort of general. Um, I was working with a little girl who had severe separation anxiety after she had lost a grandparent to death. They were very close. And so this was a real turbulent time for her. And she clung to her mother day, night, and in between. When she came over to visit with me, um, she discovered that I had a teepee in my office and crawled up inside of it, which got me thinking that she wants to make sure that her mommy is still there because her grandpa disappeared. And so she'd stick her head out and peek at her mom and then hide again. And after a while, I coaxed her out and I said, honey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stick your finger at your mama and say, don't go, mama. Don't leave me. Not your turn. And she did. And she stomped her feet and she was real delighted to tell her mommy, don't you go. It's not your turn. And um, that pretty much took care of her anxiety. Wow. Just being able to voice voice what she wanted to happen or didn't want to happen. Right. Right. And she understood about taking turns and just knowing that it wasn't going to be her mother's turn to pass away made a big difference in her psychological condition. Oh, great for her. Great for her. Very sweet. All right, Barbara. So obviously, you know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I hope so. So what attracted me to you and asked me asked why I asked you to be on the show was that you had posted on social media um, a picture of you on the slopes on skis. And so, or was it a snowboard? Snowboard. A snowboard. So tell everybody again. So obviously we've just let the cat out of the bag. You're, you're huge into snowboarding. Tell everybody about, um, and you live in Texas. So, uh-huh. um, And I know Texas has some different weather in different areas, um, (laughs) even though I'm not too familiar with that, but I'm guessing that you probably don't get a whole lot of snowboarding in Texas, right? No, I have a home in New Mexico, in Taos. So I go and spend time up there. There are four ski areas within 30 miles of my home there. And so that's where I go. So how'd you get into, how'd you get into skiing? I didn't actually learn to ski until I was 40 years old and I absolutely adored it. And then as time went on, I watched this weird device, the snowboard show up on the mountain slopes and my daughter learned how. And so since I learned to ski at 40, I thought I need to learn how to ride that snowboard by the time I'm 50. I didn't learn until I was 52, (laughs) which ought to encourage everybody that needs to take up something new in their older year. Yeah. Their older years, all of us. Right. Right. So she, um, my daughter taught me how to ride and I have ever since then preferred to ride my snowboard over the skis. I even understand that it's more, orthopedically safe 
for those of us that worry about knee and ankle injuries and that kind of thing. Evidently, um, there's less risk of, of injury for those of us that are seniors um, if we ride the snowboard. I was delighted to find that out. Is that because both of your knees are going in the same direction should you crash and not the possibility of doing splits and stuff like that? (laughs) Yes, I think that's it. Now, I will say women who suffer from osteoporosis probably do not need a snowboard because we do land on our tushy um, fairly often. And sometimes it's not a soft landing. Um, So those with osteoporosis probably don't need to try this. See, I've got some arthritis going on on my knees and I'm just, when when I think of, first when I think of the snow, I think, oh, I I just, you know, I live in Ohio, so I get get snow, you know, we just, just, all the snow on the ground just melted a couple days ago, which I'm so grateful for. Um, (laughs) Then when I look at the slopes, you know, I get uh, asthma really bad um, when it gets Mm. really, really really cold, just when I'm really stressed out or when it's really, really cold. And so my daughter used to tell people, Oh, my mom won't be outside. She's allergic to the snow. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I look at snow at at the slopes, all I think of is like, oh, my feet are already cold thinking about it. Um, And then, you know, would I be able to breathe, you know, with with, right out in the cold like that with that kind of exertion. So that might not be uh, my sport of choice, but it does look so much fun. It Uh, is. And then you sent me this picture. We're going to use this as the as the podcast edition picture for this. Tell us about uh, the picture that you sent me. <laughs> well, one of the things I enjoy at one of the ski areas I frequent is the cardboard derby event, which means that we build a craft of some sort from cardboard, twine, duct tape, and paint. That's all we can use. <laughs> And then what we do is we we ride the craft, the cardboard derby, from um, high up on the mountain down a chute to the bottom with the goal of hitting exactly the right spot, which I've never managed to do, of course, (laughs) but I have so much fun trying. Because I work with kids, I try to do a theme craft and a costume um, that match each other so that I can be um, kind of entertaining for the children that attend the event. Um, And the one that is depicted, I am Elsa from Frozen riding Sven the Reindeer. (laughs) It was awesome. That that was the, and I I told you this in a text message, that was the the start of my day and... (laughs) After the last several days that I've had, I really needed a really strong start to my Monday. And that was just awesome. So uh, wonderful. Like I said, I'll have to post that as, as the picture for for this episode since we can't show pictures in other ways. But um, yeah, that was great. So, <laughs> so when are you going skiing again? I am home for just a week or so. And I'll be going again um, in just about a week and a half. Because you've only got so much time left in the season, right? Right. This may be the last ski trip because in New Mexico, the season is a little shorter. Um, And because I work full time, it's a little more complicated to get to the more remote areas from West Texas. So are people still coming to you at this point or or, or are you using Zoom? I'm doing all Zoom 
and have been all year because of my age and underlying health conditions. I've been at risk for the COVID. I'm now fully vaccinated. Go vaccines. (laughs) And (laughs) so I will probably venture out a little bit more. Um, For instance, one of the things I do is psychological evaluations. Those really need to be done face to face. So I will be venturing out to do a few of those now. Yeah, I would imagine that that a lot of those type of evaluations have really been on hold and, and there's been a lot of, um, I don't know if I want to use the word suffering, but a yeah. lot of um, stuff going on that needed to be evaluated for this type of stuff and whatever. Obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, just, no, you're right though. Yeah, people that, that needed... you your help and others help and whatever that haven't been able to get that because that people haven't felt comfortable being face to face with people. So I'm glad that the vaccinations are out and that you have yours. Um, what, what other kind of things do you like to do besides skiing? What are your other hobbies? Well, obviously I make cardboard crafts once a year, (laughs) except this year, COVID destroyed our event this year. Um, I also sew and the costumes that I use for the winter events um, are all handmade, which is um, generally hilarious as well. And um, I bake and cook and hike and love, love, love to travel, which of course with COVID, we haven't had much opportunity for that. Um, And Maybe my most favorite activity of all, besides skiing and um, working, is my three grandchildren, soon to be four. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited about them. Is its name going to be like COVID or? (laughs) (laughs) I think we've got a name pending for the fourth, but the others are Bellamy and Joe and Winter. Nice, nice. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, you see these uh, like YouTube videos where they have like teachers, you know, five years from now going, okay, so you know, like quarantina and and yeah, it's been a weird, weird year. It has not been good for people's mental health. Um, I guess it goes without saying. And the funny thing is we have, or not funny, but in Ohio, um, so we haven't had this bad of a winter and it it really wasn't that bad, but it was just more of more snow than what we've had in the last five or six years, I think. And it just didn't seem to end. And so on top of quarantine and and COVID and everything, and then just to have, you know, a lot of snow more than we're, we're used to the last several years, just kind of was like the icing on the cake. Yes, and and far worse here in Texas for our deep freeze a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, that because we got nothing to to fix the roads. There's no sanding. There's no i. There's no ice um, prevention. Right. There is no road graders. <laughs> there, there's not. Obviously, there's not protection of our grid, our electrical grid, and our. Bet. Our plumbing is not set for the kind of temperatures that we experienced for that whole week, um, nine days, I believe it ended up being. I will say that I was very lucky. I, I got stranded in New Mexico and couldn't come home during that time period. So I missed 
the worst of it, but I did end up with a leak from another unit that leaked into my condo bathroom. Oh no. Yeah. So you have to get, was, was that like big enough that you had to have people come in and fix that? No, it wasn't that bad. Thank goodness. Um, the handyman said, just turn a fan on it and air it out. I'm like, uh, what about the sheetrock damage, though? So I think we'll have to revisit it. But since I have to compete with people who have many more serious problems because of the deep freeze, <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to try to do that anytime soon because some people still are working on getting their homes habitable. Yeah. Make sure you stay on that, though, because, I mean, I've heard pretty serious stories about, you know, like black mold really affecting people's mental psyche and their behavior and stuff like that. So you just definitely don't want that to go into that kind of scenario. Yeah. I, how would anybody know though, if I was going a little kooky? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a friend of mine told me though about a coworker whose wife was really struggling and, and just, she was like um, a clean freak and everything had to be in its place and stuff, but it progressively got worse and worse and worse to where they were fighting all the time about mm -hmm. this. And she just went like overboard with everything. And they brought, they, someone suggested, you know, having some, a mold specialist come in and they uh, did. And when they, once they found out, I, I think they had like 3000 parts per million or something like that, where like, you know, 55 is normal or something like something extremely, you know, high. And don't quote me on those, those parts. Cause I don't know what I'm talking about there either, but, uh, but it was, it was a huge difference. And uh, once they got all that cleaned up and whatever, she went back to normal almost immediately. Wow. So, so yeah. yeah. So they from little things to being big and hallucinations and erratic behaviors. So you don't want that to happen. No. And I don't want it to take any toll on my physical health either, which is the stories I tend to hear more about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even mentally that would, would affect your, your physical health, health mm -hmm. as well, you know, it all mm -hmm. ties together. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know I have uh, been under some stress lately and eliminated part of that stress. And as soon as I did, it was like, 70% of my physical stuff was like all of a sudden gone. So it, yeah, it does. You, you think maybe, you think maybe our mind and our body are connected to one another? Just a little, <laughs> just a little just, bit. Yeah, just a little, huh? <laughs> so you like to bake. What's your favorite thing to bake? Um, I've been on a bagel kick lately. I like to make bagels. Um, my daughter loves when I make banana bread. So that's her favorite. And um, the, my sons like the cookies. So nice. those, those are my many options for sweet treats. I went on a uh, Boston cream pie uh, bender, like, um, I don't know, three, four years ago. It seemed like maybe a little bit longer than that. I guess now, oh, let's be honest about that. That was probably about eight years ago. Uh, but yeah, I, I just determined that I was going to learn how to make Boston cream pies from scratch um including the chocolate you know the the on top and everything and um did pretty good with them um definitely not very healthy for you but you know what nope sometimes so i'd bake yep. them and give them away <laughs> yes that's what i tend to do i like to bake for the homeless and take it to shelters or take it up to the office where there are a few people that are having to still work um in person so yeah i, I tend to give it away I certainly don't need to eat any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you and me, you and me both. 
All right, Barbara. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I love that you're still out there being active and being a hip senior and, and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And I certainly hope that you enjoy your next trip. Um, hit those slopes before, before they're gone. Right. Thank you. I sure will. All right. Take care, Barbara. Thanks for joining okay. us. Everybody uh, check out our our stories on the hip senior about other senior things that are going on as well. And our directory at the hip senior directory for businesses that have the heart and the soul to serve seniors. This is Marion Bailey. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the hip senior podcast. If you like our podcast, be sure to like it and follow us and head over to the hip to learn more about our other services we offer, including our directory, where we keep seniors safe while shopping online.